they're not new emotions. Like you didn't just feel shame all of a sudden when you got into debt, you didn't, you know, feel, um, insecure, unworthy, like when you were setting your income goals as an entrepreneur, you know, like these have been here and like money in your business is just showing you what's underneath the surface. This is the Alchemized Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you, are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. We're covering topics like wealth, worthiness, the pursuit of your passions, and you'll be inspired to break all the rules of living an ordinary life. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. The thriving spiritual practice, the steamy relationship, the income, and the impact. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. I, It's been a while. It's been a while since I've done an interview, and I'm really excited because today's episode is with Renee Reese, and you guys are really going to love this. I feel like when I first found her, I was like, oof. she's speaking my language and I am so excited to have a conversation with her all around money and worthiness and our nervous systems. You guys have heard me talk about it before, especially if you follow me on Instagram, but so much of the shifts that we make in our relationship to self-worth and money and just like our ultimate potential isn't happening in the mind, it's happening in the body. And, you know, for so long, I kept like hitting my head against a wall. Like, why is this stuff not sticking? I've listened to the podcast. I've read the books. I've enrolled in the courses. And yet I still have these problems coming up. And it really wasn't until I started doing embodiment work that worked specifically with the nervous system. So what Renee teaches on that the patterns and the cyclical kind of conditioning that I had around money and proving myself and my worth and just my business overall and just life overall and relationships. It wasn't until I started doing this work that things really started shifting. So I'm excited for you to listen to this episode today with Renee. Before we jump into it, I have to share that Renee has an amazing two-day training coming up called Overflow, which I'm going to link inside of the show notes. And she does a way better job at explaining it at the end of the episode. So I'll let you listen till the end to hear all about Overflow. And you can follow Renee at the Renee Reese on Instagram. Finally, starting Saturday, May 1st. So just in a couple of days. Oh my goodness. I am opening the doors up for the money challenge, which is a five-part Training all around worthiness, all around abundance, alignment, ditching the debt drama, and manifesting your first five-figure month. We are doing it big. I've added extra bonuses this time around, lots of meditations this time around, and visualization exercises and embodiment practices. And you can start with us by going to the show notes and signing up. It's a five-part training, plus there's extra bonuses inside of it, so it's not really five parts. And we start on May 1st, so you have a couple of days left to get inside. 
Anyways, I hope that you enjoy this episode with Renee. Go and give her a follow. Listen to all of her past podcasts that she's been on because she's so interesting and just has such a beautiful take on a lot of the things that I talk about too. That's why I wanted to have her on. I've learned so much from her already and her Instagram is also really fun to follow. So enjoy this episode and I'll see you guys soon. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Alchemized Life. Oh my goodness, it's been such a long time since I've done an interview and I really can't think of anyone better to kick off new interviews and a new season than Miss Renee Reese. Renee is a mindset coach, aka also known as the worthiness queen. And when I first heard Renee on the Manifestation Babe podcast, I Renee, I instantly fell in love. I was like, oh, she is speaking my (laughs) language. I need to have her on the podcast. And um, I'm just so excited to talk about money, worth. Um, I loved what you talked about recently around like coming home to yourself, attachment styles. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get into it and chat with you. Yes, I cannot wait. And I've been diving deep into your content over the past couple of weeks. But before we even go there, because I know that we're going to go down lots of rabbit holes today, I would love for you to just share with my audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into this work. Yes, of course, of course. So I call myself the worthiness queen. That's how I'm known on the internet streets. Uh, But it wasn't always that way at all. Um, I kind of grew up in... Uh, just an abusive environment and went through a lot of like childhood trauma. And so I struggled with depression, struggled with anxiety, struggled with a lot of things growing up. And then when I grew up, I became a lawyer, um, which is, you know, great for some people, but I didn't like it at all. Um, I even eventually became a lawyer for entrepreneurs. So that was my first business. And I built that business up to six figures from scratch. I literally started that business while sleeping on a friend's couch. And uh, it grew really, really quickly. I became a digital nomad. Um, From the outside looking in, I was pretty much living the dream. But (laughs) there was a lot going on underneath the surface. I was, you know, had so much anxiety happening, uh, especially around money. You know, I had money coming in, but I just, I I wasn't managing my money. It it felt like it was always one thing after after another with um, debt and like bills piling up and just investing in things. And I had like no sense of control. Um, I was very insecure still. I think at that time, um, I just wasn't enjoying business. Like I, I appeared very confident online and in some ways I was, but I doubted myself constantly. I felt just so tied to my business in a, just in an unhealthy way. And I had amazing clients, but, um, I was very stressed and I was very burnt out. And I remember being in Bali at that point. And, um, you know, Bali is one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I'm sitting there just struggling with, with, with life and, and with business and figuring out what I wanted to do, um, just in a place where I was very stressed. And so I had a heart to heart moment with myself around that time. And I was like, listen, we got to figure out this money thing. We got to figure out what your purpose is. We have to, you know, heal this anxiety. We have to do better. And there has to be a better way. Um, 
so I really started that, like healing my own stuff and, and really healing my relationship with money, healing my relationship with my purpose and what I really thought I was worthy of in this world. And, um, understanding that I was worthy of my deepest, deepest desires and, and bringing those to life and um, really understanding money and healing that relationship with money and it, and it changed my life. Um, and then of course I started studying deeper, the subconscious mind, the nervous system, all those fun, cool things. Um, and yeah, then I started helping clients do the same thing that I did. And here I am. I resonate with your story so much, and I've actually been working with a embodiment therapist um, over the past couple of weeks who has been helping me deconstruct parts of my past that are directly pulling me out of being present and grateful and excited and just like here in the success that I've created. And it sounds like there were moments for you as well in your journey where it was like, yeah, you know, on paper looked great, was making money, traveling the world, working with clients that I loved. But at the same time, there was this like, almost like detachment from what was happening because you weren't fully there. Like you hadn't fully arrived in your purpose and felt worthy of it as well too. And I feel like so many people can resonate with that, especially, you know, individuals that are joining the online coaching space and just entrepreneurial space. It's so easy to get caught up in making sure all of the things on paper look perfect without actually doing the deeper work so that you can enjoy and appreciate those things. Yeah. And I, I also think, um, especially when you're first starting out, um, or even a few years in, you just kind of want to make it, you know, you're, you kind of just want to be like, okay, I want to be able to pay my bills and pay my team if I have them. And then it's like, okay, hit this income goal. And now what? Like, who am I? Am I offering things that I really care about and that I really um, are just my best self-expression into this world? Um, am I enjoying this at all? You know, you got to, you get to start to ask those deeper questions after you survived and, and now you want to thrive. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that, you know, for me, I remember when I had in 2020, I had one, my biggest month yet. And it was like, I made it, so to speak. I'm doing air quotes, everybody. <laughs> and there's still this like insatiation there of like, Ooh, I need like something more. I need, I like, this isn't, this isn't enough. And what I really loved about the work, what I really love about the work that you do is that it goes deeper than just like the conscious mindset work. And it really works, like you said, with the subconscious and, and with the body as well. And so I would love to hear kind of like when you started healing yourself, what those big pieces were, because I think that so many of us, like we listen to the podcasts, we read the books, we join the programs, we know all the information. It's more an integration piece that is missing. Yeah. For me, some of the huge things, um, that really helped me, uh, was realizing, um, some of the vows that I took as a kid. Um, so for me, like to keep me safe, I loved achieving, like achieving was my thing. I loved school. I loved learning. I loved, um, just being that person and, you know, setting my goals and getting my goals. And I took that. Um, and, and that's a way that I used to hide. Right. So instead of being vulnerable, instead of like creating more intimate relationships or having hard conversations or, you know, developing emotionally at some points, um, it was, it was achievement for me. And I took that same pattern and, you know, 
brought that into my business and wanted my business to define me, wanted, you know, my income to define me, um, which society does that as well, like too, you know, like we say net worth, we say this person is worth, you know, a couple million dollars or whatever. Um, so we, we tend to tie our worth to our income. And, um, I realized that in order for me to like really love money and really have a good relationship with money, I had to stop tying my worth to money. And then, um, I realized my nervous system had to get on board. So what I mean by that is like, yes, you can say like the money mantras, you can say, I love money money loves me. And that's true. And I do. Right. Um, but if my body feels unsafe with money, I will never get to that next level and create, um, a level of sustainability. So yes, we, this is what happens when we have, you know, a high income month and we're like, oh my God, this doesn't feel real. This is in my life. Or I need to like, make sure I keep this, or I need to just like go ahead and worry about the next month and double it or whatever. We get all these feelings. Um, our nervous system goes into overdrive and we're like, oh my God, we gotta, I gotta do this thing. And it doesn't feel safe. So for me, I realized I had to create a sense of safety in my body. Um, so that, everything feels safe, including, or all the safe things that need to feel safe. Uh, I don't want fires to feel safe. Um, all the things that, that, can, that I wanted to feel safe, like money, um, can feel safe. And that means that I can keep those things and I can create a sustainable life and income and sustainable wealth that way. Mm, yes. The safety piece is so, so big. And I didn't even like really again, it's like, you can have these big months and it's like consciously you look at it and you're like, of course I'm safe. I've got money to be able to pay my bills. I can pay next month. Like I could not work or earn, earn a dime over this next month and I'd be safe. Yet my body is so contracted right now and feels like for me, you, you know, at, um, 16 years old, my, my mom and my sister and I were evicted from our house. We were on food stamps. Our car was repossessed. So I have like a lot of <laughs> trauma from that mm -hmm. experience and I still feel that sometimes. And that's really been my work over this past year is how, how do I create that safety in my body? Because it, it has to, it has to resonate there because it's obviously not, it's not enough if it's just happening in my head. Mm -hmm. I think like financial trauma is so huge, you know, even if like as kids or teenagers, things that happened in the past with our families, how we grew up. And also even as entrepreneurs, like having, you know, that first failed launch or just a random, you know, occurrence that happened online to you, whatever that stays in your body. And of course, when you are hit with uh, your next launch or whatever, it, it, it memorizes that feeling of like, oh, panic or fear or anxiety or whatever it is. So creating that safety over and over again in the body is going to be super important. Yeah. So can you walk us through a little bit of like what that looks like of like the process of creating safety in the body? Yeah. So a couple of things I want to say here. So we don't want to like turn our nervous systems off, right? Our nervous systems are uh, just healthy and, and amazing and, and just a gift to us. Uh, so for example, the one that most people are, uh, are familiar with is the uh, flight or what, why can't I talk? <laughs> flight or flight, fight or flight. And um, 
we don't want to turn that off because if there's a fire in your apartment, you want to be able to get out, right? Um, the thing is, you don't want to stay there, right? So if you're in flight or flight, that means, you know, um, your adrenaline's up, your creativity is down. It's not, you can't really think about your next big um launch or whatever you from a creative standpoint because you're like that's not what fight or flight is created for fight or flight is like we got to get out we got to go we got to survive we got to fight for our lives right or run for our lives whatever it is um so we don't want to turn that system off what we want to do is create flexibility in the nervous system um to be able to you know go from flight or flight or go to freeze you know we want to freeze at some point you know we, we want to sleep our body goes into dorsal mode when we need to sleep right so we need you know each of these things um so the key is being able to get out of those things when you can like go I think about it or not I only think about it but it's usually described as a ladder ladder from um like Stephen Porges, uh, who was creator of polyvagal theory, um, going up and down, I'm, I'm moving up and down the ladder, but you guys can't see me, <laughs> um, but going up and down the ladder. So being able to, um, when you're in flight or flight, being able to get into ventral and that connected state, um, and the reverse going back down the ladder, um, so it's not about completely eliminating these feelings. It's about being able to move through them. And we all are going to always have, uh, we're going to always have our nervous system. We're always going to, you know, be triggered into flight or flight sometimes or dorsal sometimes or whatever. Um, the tree, the trick is sticking with your body and not resisting your emotions or that you're feeling and not just saying, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And repressing or resisting, um, because that just compounds it. So instead of compounding it, we just want to work with our nervous system and be friends with our nervous system. Um, and the first stop is being aware, like, Oh, okay. I'm in flight or fight right now. This is what I'm feeling in regards to this client or this launch or whatever. Um, and befriending that part of us and asking that part of it, part of us, what it needs in order to feel safe. Yeah, I think that what what when you were sharing, one of the things that came up is like not abandoning ourselves in those mm. moments of whatever state that we're in. And that's been like a big thing that I've been working through is like to not abandon myself in the, either the times of good or the times where like I'm feeling intense emotions. And I think that, you know, especially and I imagine for you even more like coming from very, very traditional like law degree background, we are taught to abandon ourselves and to not emote mm -hmm. and to be in this very logical, like un, unfuckwithable, un, um, like just unable to really shift out of this place of just like neutrality and mm -hmm. that anything outside of that is wrong. And I, my background was just in like the corporate digital marketing space. So not as I would say strict and rigid because it was startup culture, <laughs> but, um, but even, even then it was like, it's not okay to emote. It's not okay to, you know, even have a, an opinion outside of something that goes against the status quo of the space. And I think also mm. in our upbringings as well, I mean, I talked to so many individuals that have parents that say, don't cry or like, don't you know, it, it stop crying. And I think that we're all conditioned to abandon ourselves in the times when the, that stress response or that fight or flight response, um, is activated. 
Yeah. It's almost like we don't want to be associated with that part of us Yeah, as, as if it's not a part of us. It's like, you know, this thing is happening and I really just need to get it together so that I can complete whatever I need to complete and like, mm-hmm. just get it together or whatever part that's angry or sad or fearful. And it's like, that just compounds, you know, there's, there's the emotion, right. And then there's the, the new thought, like, oh, I wish I wasn't in this, or I wish, you know, this part would just go away or whatever. And it just creates, it just compounds that emotion. And it, it, it honestly gets worse. Um, and you're right. We're taught that sensitivity is bad and feelings are bad and, or it can't be trusted. Um, but those are honestly our guide points. And, um, you can turn it into superpower. Like that's what, that's what really makes us untouchable, not our ability to repress our ability to take these feelings, be with them, um, not abandon and transmute whatever's happening to us. That's, that's true strength. That's true resiliency. And, you know, we're not taught that at all. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to the like compounding of the emotions over time, is that really what is creating this, the lack of safety in the body is that there's all these, you know, un like unnoticed and just like not actually, um, sat with and, and transmuted emotions that live inside of us. Yeah. That's like, that's a huge part of it. So yeah, if something happens when you're, let's say nine or whatever, and you have no idea what's happening, but you can sense that there is um, danger, you can sense that there's anger, or you can sense that something is wrong with you, like just the circumstances um, lead you to believe that something is wrong with you. And then you never actually process that there's, it's going to stick with you that, Hey, something is wrong with me. Um, So not being able to uh, process or deal with that belief um, that's sticks your nervous system. And yeah, if you're feeling like something is wrong with me and you're going through life as if something is wrong with you, um, in your unconscious mind and your nervous system, then yeah, it's going to definitely create a lack of safety. Mm, yeah, I definitely, I mean, this has been so like such a hot topic for me lately because I've been <laughs> working through it with, with, um, with all my people and, you know, I think that especially for those of us that are high achievers, it, the way that I've kind of been seeing it lately is that when we begin to process it, there's this part of us that, like you said, is like, I just need to get this together so I can get back to what like I need to do. Like for me, it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't feel these emotions right now because I have a launch and like, I need to be a hundred percent if I want to show up online. But what I'm finding is that like that kind of descent into the emotion is actually the way through that allows for the most expansion. Um, because it's actually dealing with what what's underneath it all. And I feel like Oh, it's so uncomfortable. I did a, I, I joined this program. It's more around like, um, relating in partnership, but Mm -hmm. there is a practice, um, inside of it where like more of like a feminine energetics or just an expression practice. And the practice was like 25 minutes of just moving your body constantly and breathing and using sound and using your body to express whatever was coming up. And, it was so intense and so many things that like random over the past like decade came up where I was like, whoa, Mm. I didn't even realize that that was there, but it was the, 
um, like the witnessing and the allowing of the emotion. And afterwards I felt so like, so light and it felt Mm -hmm. like I had like let that, let these emotions that were inside of me that were never able to really bubble up to the surface, come up and be seen and like be held for a moment so that they Mm -hmm. didn't carry that same weight. And I feel like that was, that's kind of part of this process, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just allowing yourself to be seen. Um, Those pieces of us are, you know, we sometimes we despise them, but those pieces of us are the part of us that want to be seen, that want to be loved, that want to be valued, even if it feels ugly, even if it feels super vulnerable, which it is, which that's, that's why it's so hard um, to confront these pieces of ourselves. But those pieces of ourselves, the reason why you feel so light after is because it's integrated back into yourself. So you can be your full self instead of these fractured pieces of you that um, are wounded and are crying for your attention. So getting like having those pieces feel seen, having those pieces feel loved, having those pieces feel safe is what allows you to integrate and allows you to feel safe and to show up in and be lighter. Mm. So it's like, (laughs) it's like so much more than just making money really. Oh my goodness. We think (laughs) we honestly, it's like, Oh, I just want to get to this next income level and then I'll be okay. And it's like, there's so much happening. Like money is so important and it's how, you know, we, uh, govern ourselves. We, um, trade value and all of those things. It's so important. And it's really a mirror of what's going on deep down inside. Like, for example, for me and for some of my clients, it's like, when someone's in like a money shit storm, I'm like, what's really happening here? Like what's really being avoided? And sometimes it's like, you know what? I am creating this thing where, you know, at the end of the month, I'm like, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? And I'm thinking of a client in particular. And it's really like, she was just feeling lonely and she was like going through um, just personal uh, issues in her relationship. So it's like a lot easier to deal with like, oh my God, money, am I going to make it? Can I make it? Do I need to show up more? Blah, blah, blah. Instead of like having a hard conversation, mm-hmm. um, being, uh, feeling worthy of being supported, um, you know, creating boundaries with clients, creating boundaries with team, getting boundaries with family. Like sometimes it's easier to pretend to deal with the money stuff when, in reality, we want to feel safe. We want to feel loved. Sometimes it's easier to deal with or not deal with debt when it's like, I feel ashamed in every other area of my life. And it just happens to show up in the debt. So like all these money, like emotions that people feel around money, they're not new emotions. Like you didn't just feel shame all of a sudden when you got into debt, you didn't, you know, feel, um, insecure, unworthy, like when you were setting your income goals as an entrepreneur, you know, like these have been here and like money in your business is just showing you what's underneath the surface. Mm, That's such a good point. I never really thought about it that way. Yeah. I mean, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. (laughs) So I'm curious because, you know, for me, when I first started earning a lot of money, I was still having a lot of the, I need to prove myself. And the more money I make, the more people will look at me as like a worthy business coach or someone that they'll want to hire based off of like how much is coming into my bank account every month. And I'm sure that this is so, 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 so common. And, (laughs) um, what, but what that kind of like alluded to me was like, oh, I can make a lot of money and still have this like 
screwed up shit going on in my mm-hmm. head. And mm-hmm. I can still be at this like level that people again looks good on paper, but still be operating from this place of like questioning my worth and and feeling like I need to prove myself. And like I said earlier, like not actually enjoying where I'm at. And so I'm curious, like for something like that, where you where you really start to like unravel the um the like proving aspect that so many of us face. Yeah, man. Honestly, the work is the work at whatever level. I tell my clients all the time, like some of my clients are millionaires. Some of them are, have just got their first six figures, multi six figures. And it's like, they all have the same problems. It's not, it's, it has nothing to do with the amount of money or how long you've been in business. Like if you, so for example, if you've taken a vow, like I am not worthy of this and I have to prove myself worthy. Um, It's going to be at six figures. It's going to be multiple six, multiple six. It's going to be at seven. It doesn't matter like how many, how much your clients tell you, you love you. Um, It it doesn't like none of that matters. What matters is you've taken an unconscious vow. Like I am not worthy. So getting to the subconscious root of that and clearing it out from there like that's going to be the key. And then of course, over a longer period of time of soothing your nervous system and creating safety in your nervous system and creating disconfirming experiences in your nervous system um, that, that will occur over time. But dealing with it at the root, like the unconscious root and being able to clear that out, like that's one of the, my favorite things about my work. Like people taking these unconscious vows, like the vow to be invisible, um, the vow of like, being the people pleaser, the vow of over responsibility and taking responsibility for way too much, um, the vow of unworthiness, like really being able to clear that out at the unconscious level. And then of course, creating safety in the nervous system. But the work is the same, whether you're at six figures, or seven figures, it, it's honestly the same. You just have more resources. Yeah. I'm finding that out now. <laughs> like, oh, it's shit. crazy. No, you really think, oh, I'm going to hit this level. And like, uh, I'll be at a different point. And like, it's just like, you have, you know, you may have a team now, you may have a big, a nicer apartment, but it's still kind of that same. You can be experiencing scarcity at every level. You can experience um, lack of worthiness at every level. So it, it honestly doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's a conversation that I've been having inside of my mastermind lately, because I think that there can be guilt that comes up too of like, oh, well, Mm. I I should already have gotten this figured out. Like, why am I still experiencing scarcity or why am I still like feeling wobbly in my prices? And like, are people actually going to pay me this? And I think that, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I've found is that the, the, the initial trigger doesn't necessarily like ultimately like fully go away. But we learn how to deal with it differently. We learn how to like catch it before it turns into another vow or another story. Yeah. And I want to say to that, um, just that, that idea of like, oh, I should have figured this out by now. Like, If you believe that you have to be perfect or have everything, like have all this figured out before, like in order to experience overflow, you're never going to experience overflow. Like if you ever think you have to be perfect or have just these issues all lined up in a row and all like, you know, boxes checked, um, then it's, you're, you're just not going to experience overflow. And how I explain to my clients the difference with like healing your relationship with money is like, 
when you are in it, um, sometimes it feels like, so for example, if someone came into my apartment right now and they were like, Hey, Renee, like, do you want this anchovy pizza? You ordered this anchovy pizza. I would look at them and I'd be like, no, I didn't order anchovy pizza. What are you talking about? But when you're in it, if 10 people, 10 guys showed up to my apartment, they were like, take this anchovy pizza. You ordered it. I'd be like, Oh my God, maybe I did order (laughs) anchovy pizza. Like you guys are pressuring me. Oh my God. There's like, there's so much anchovy pizza. This is so weird, but okay. I I might take an anchovy pizza, even though I don't eat that. But now that I feel my relationship with money, it's like, Oh no, of course I don't want anchovy pizza. Like, what are you even doing here? How did you get here? This is so, you're so random. What are you even doing here? Get Mm -hmm. out. Um, instead of feeling like that overwhelm and that powerlessness and that just, Oh my God, like maybe I did order anchovy pizza. It's, it's like, Oh, this random thought just occurred and that's not true at all. So let's get him out of here and go about our day, go about our business, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, it it is like it is easier like you're always gonna have a challenge or um you're always gonna ha- have a random thought sometimes but it doesn't have to be this like overwhelming thing um all the time yeah I am so grateful <laughs> that, <it's, laughs> that it gets better over time yes uh, it's gosh I mean I remember that there was a point a couple of years ago where I was like, well, I guess this money thing, I'm just like never going to figure out. I'm never going to figure out this money thing. And I guess I'll just mm. settle for that. And gosh, I'm glad that I continued learning and like trusting myself and trying new things because if I had just settled for that, I mean, it just feels like life would be a whole lot more boring and a whole lot less exciting. Oh, yes. I'm so glad that you trusted yourself because I think that is the lie. The lie is, you know, I'm going to have to struggle with money for the rest of my life. And it's like, you honestly don't have to. We get to change our minds. We get to soothe our nervous system. We get to heal these unconscious vows and we get to create a new story. And, and that's the truth. Instead of feeling like, okay, well, that money mindset course didn't work. So like, I guess that's it. You know, you get to try again and you get to, uh, it's a journey. Like you get to be with yourself on this journey and and heal on this journey. And it takes as, takes as long as it takes, but you can commit to yourself and know that you're in it. Mm, Yes. And I feel like the biggest thing is just like, I'm committed. And I know that if I'm committed, I have a lifetime to figure this out. It's going to happen. And it's just like that decision that you make of like, it's going to happen. It might not happen tomorrow, but it's going to happen. I remember with my debt, that was like a big thing. I'm like, I sat down with a, not a financial planner, but like an advisor, I guess. And they were Mm -hmm. like, yeah, your debt's going to be paid off in like three years. And I was like, that seems like a really long time. And I was like, but it looks like it'll be paid off in three years. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I have a plan right here that shows me that it's going to happen. And I think I paid it off in like six months. It was super easy. Um, but I wouldn't, I I needed to like get behind the idea that it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that is the biggest thing because sometimes we just feel so like helpless. And like, if we've been dealing with a problem like all our lives or for a long time, or just the journey of our entrepreneurship life, like it could feel like this is just reality. Um, so making that commitment to yourself that this does not have to be reality forever. And maybe it won't go away tomorrow, but it is going to go away. And we are going to heal that. Mm, yes. So I'm curious, like on a daily basis, do you have certain practices that you do to just kind of help keep your nervous system regulated? Yeah. So the most important thing for me is 
doing so like doing it proactively. So I always tell my clients, like, don't wait. So you're just like in a bad mood and like you hate your life and like your feelings are all, all over the place to like get into the bath or whatever, you know, like I try to make sure that I um, am doing the things that nourish my nervous system all the time. So like making, you know, just a lifestyle of it. So whether it's going outside, um, you know, going hiking, going to the beach, those are the things that really suit me. I get flowers every week because I just like love, it just soothes my nervous system so much. Um, I love, and it honestly changes all, all the time. Like right now I'm in a season where I really love breath work and I really love just doing breath work pretty much every night. Um, I do Reiki um, whenever uh, the mood strikes me. I used to do tapping a lot and sometimes I'll still do that. Um, random things like that. And I'll lay on my acupressure mat, which I have, which is really good for your nervous system. Um, things like that. But I try to create a life where I'm, you know, I love my life, you know, like I look at my calendar and I'm excited. I'm excited to come on interviews. I'm like, I don't create an environment, um, where I, I know I'm going to be triggered or I know like, it's just going to be unhealthy for my nervous system. So like, I don't overbook my calendar. I try really hard not to overbook my calendar yeah. or anything like that. I allow my, I, I don't set an alarm. I sleep in till whenever I want every morning. Um, I don't take any morning calls. Like I set up a life kind of of spaciousness and, um, of desire. So that really, that before like taking baths all the time, which I do as well, that helps me, um, you know, have a calm nervous system throughout the day as well. Mm, I love that. It's like very intuitive and flexible because I feel like sometimes when we have like a really rigid schedule that just creates more dissonance for us. If it's like, Oh, now I have to meditate or, Oh, now I have to do this journaling practice or, Oh, now I have to do this. It can, yeah. Yeah. I tell my, like, it's hard to be like, okay, everyone just, you know, go do breath work or just go take a walk every single day. You know, like it, everyone is so different. And like for me, I do like, like a nervous system reset with all of my clients and they're all different, like different things excite them, different things delight them, different things soothe them. So it's always going to be based on the person instead of just like, here are these random practices that you should try, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's a nervous system reset? Yeah. So a lot of times when my clients come to me, sometimes they're in, you know, flight or flight where, um, what happens is our flight or flight system or our nervous system is comes into such a state where it's just overactivated. And it's like, when it's like that, everything, so our flight or flight is like, designed to help us notice threats right so it's like everything is a threat you know what I mean like every like whether it's a client message or um something running late or um just like that feeling of just like not just not like just being unmotivated being unexcited about your business things like that their nervous system is just kind of like in overdrive just in they've been going for so long that it's just they're not happy. Yeah. Um, and for some people they're in dorsal, which is freeze mode, which is like they, um, they're, and, and they're also an avoidance. So like, they're not having conversations with their clients that they need to have. They're not making changes and having those leadership things on their team that they need to have. Um, they're, they haven't really stepped into the CEO role of their business. So either of those things or, uh, another 
type is called fawn, which is like super people pleasing mode. So if they're in either of those modes, we look at that um, and see what in their lifestyle needs to change. And we set up practices that will support them as they you know change some of the things in their lifestyle and we set up like proactive activities um so that they can do that and then I also all my clients have a flexible nervous system um immersive experience it's it's an audio but it's also like an immersive experience I do that to help them create flexibility in the nervous system um so that they can feel more safe more connected um more ventral that's the that's the goal um so yeah that's so cool. Yeah. When you were oh, speaking, you. I was like, oh, wow. Cause sometimes I'll like get messages on Instagram and my DMS and it'll be like someone I'm having a conversation with that's either a client or a potential client. And I'll have this like, Ooh, I don't want to yeah. open this yet. And I'm like, <laughs> oh shit. Am I, in, am I in the fight or flight when I'm in that state? Um, which I'm kind of assuming now I, I might be. Yeah, that's very, like the it's so common, like the contraction of like, and it's also like a visibility thing as well. Like mm. as visible as you are, sometimes like we're just like, I don't know, like what am I gonna tell this client? What am I gonna tell this potential client? I don't know. Um, and it 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 can also be a little bit avoidant, which is okay, which is which is normal. Uh, but yeah, your nervous system is activated. You're believing something um, about the interaction and. Yeah, you know, it's it's super common. And when you create flexibility, you're able to like move through those more easily or they just don't happen yeah. um, as often or at, or at all. But yeah, that's, that's a really good example of um, a nervous system like freak out. Yeah, oh, so interesting. <sighs> Ooh, this has been so, so good. <laughs> and I love that we touched on the practices to soothe your nervous system. I'm curious, like how necessary you think it is. I know that you mentioned like the unconscious vows, but in those, like, let's say with the example of like avoidance in, in your DMS, um, or your email. I'm also, I also hate email so much. So I outsource that. <laughs> I delegate no, me that. Too. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. I can't. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, like in those moments, how necessary do you think it is to like do that like excavation work of like, Ooh, where's this coming from? Like what part of my childhood? Or is it like in those like smaller senses more just like, what can I do right now to soothe my nervous system? Or how can I kind of bring myself back into that more flexible state? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a balance. Like we're not going to like take a full day off and like go figure out our childhood trauma and like do all of that all the time. Right. Um, I think there are moments to do that and there are times to do that. And there are also times and practices where you can soothe your nervous system and keep on walking. You know, it, I don't, I, I always caution my clients against like turning your nervous system and your worthiness and all that into like another checklist on your personal development mm -hmm. journey. You know, it's not a to do, it's a to be, it's, it's a way of life. So it's not like, okay, I need to stop everything and like really figure this out for a month um, and just journal forever and ever and ever to figure this out. It's, you know, we learn new things and we incorporate those into our daily lives and we keep it moving. You know, we, we learn, we grow and we keep it moving and we, and we integrate into our daily lives instead of just, you know, Oh, this was a nice retreat. And like, I'm going to go back home and return to the same thing. It's like, no, we, we, we learn, we grow and we keep it moving. So. Mm, yes. I think that's the big thing that I'm, I'm like learning about myself is that probably similar to a lot of people that 
at the end of sessions when I'm doing a lot of like nervous system work or embodiment work, there's always this like this part of me that's like, okay, what should I do from here now? Like, give me, give mm. me the meditation, <laughs> give me the journal prompt, give me, give me the thing. And yes. what I'm finding is that there actually is no thing. It's creating the lifestyle around incorporating the beingness more often yes. than the doing. <laughs> Absolutely. My clients always are like, okay, so like, what's next? Like, can I have a journal prompt? And I'm like, yo, we just <laughs> went through so much. Your job right now is to be like, like that is your homework. Please go be. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So for somebody who is like, I don't know what being means. It's like bath is a good example, right? Like taking a bath or laying in bed and just breathing. Yeah. When is the last time you literally like last night it was a super moon and I just like stared at the moon and it's like, when is the last time you turned your phone off and just like looked at the moon and looked at the stars and literally just breathed and without, um, you know, taking each thought or taking each activity as it is and being in there instead of like scrolling your phone or, um, you know, planning something or thinking about the next thing or journaling, like when is the last time you literally sat there? (laughs) So yeah, practice that. (laughs) It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It can like, be, I need it some Renee t- in my life. <laughs> it could be a tough transition. Like I, I have um, the empathy for that, but yes, sit there. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I'm curious then if someone were to walk away from this episode, is your invitation for them to take those moments of beingness and start integrating that into every single day? Absolutely. You know, take, I think part of our just beingness is taking what comes up. So if you're sad, be sad. If you're happy, be happy. If you miss someone, miss someone, you know, there's, you don't always have to do something with those feelings. You can just be present with yourself throughout all of it. And that's going to really increase your emotional capacity and your emotional intelligence. Um, Simply noticing and being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't remember, maybe it was in the podcast episode that I listened to of yours, but I think I've heard it before. Um, when we actually allow ourselves to be in observation of, and in the immersion of the emotion, it passes by so much faster. It does. It honestly does. It's like, Oh, I'm having this random feeling sad. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to be sad and I'm feeling mad. Okay. So I'm going to be mad instead of you know, fighting it or doing anything, just observing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I can just speak from experience. If you fight it, you will have an inner implosion at some point. (laughs) Yes, you will. It will definitely happen. You can't escape it. Um, so you mentioned before we hopped on that you have a two day training coming up called overflow. And I would love to just hear a little bit more about overflow. Yes, I'm so excited for Overflow. It's going to be two days um, for coaches, healer, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, service providers who are, you know, they've been working in entrepreneurship. They've been, um, you know, 
along this journey and maybe it's just never felt like enough or maybe it feels like they've just always been off to the next thing and they haven't really been able to experience overflow and uh overflow is not a number it's not about we talked about this during the episode it's not about six figures or seven figures you can invite overflow into your experience now so i'm going to be doing in-depth um, interactive trainings on raising your energetic minimum around money around healing your nervous system around wealth embodiment and um the first session is called the end of money mindset mm-hmm. so we're going to go really deep into why just traditional money mindset doesn't work um and what to do instead and how all of this ties together and we're really going to um just create a new paradigm of what healing your relationship with money looks like and what money mindset and the energy and science of radical receiving and healing your money wounds and actually not just creating wealth, but keeping that wealth as well. So I'm super excited to teach this stuff and to have all of you join me. Mm, I'm so excited. I am 100% signing up and I just have to share for everybody, like the, the ending money mindset. That's so huge. It's so, so huge because everything money related is happening in the subconscious and our unconscious and that's mirrored Mm -hmm. in the body. And so everything that we've been talking about today, for me at least, and Renee, I'm assuming for you because you teach it is it's, it's around the nervous system. It's around so much Mm -hmm. just what we consciously think. And so I highly, highly suggest, and we'll put the link inside of the show notes so everyone can check it out. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much. So where can everyone find you? We're going to link it in the show notes, but just say it out loud. Yes. Come hang out with me on Instagram at the Renee Reese. Awesome. Thank you so much, Renee. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you.